today I want to just start off. Is it okay if I start off? I heard a couple funny things this week, and, and I just wanted to share a couple little funny things. Is it okay if I start off with just a couple little funny things? Okay. The childhood injuries. Fell off my bike, skinned my knee, fell out of a tree. Adult injuries. Slept wrong. <laughs> Sat down too long. Got up too quick. Sneeze too hard. <laughs> Anybody relate to those, right? Okay, how about this one? A salesman at a furniture store said, this sofa will seat five people without any problem. I said, where am I going to find five people without any problems? <laughs> uh, some of you will like this one. This is funny. If liars' pants really caught on fire, watching the news would really be a lot more fun. <laughs> I thought that one was great. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's, it's like I said, there's joy in the house, and that I thought that was really fun to start out with something a little bit funny. Amen. Well, I grew up uh, cl very close to my grandparents, and we I knew all of my four grandparents, and I grew up close to them. But especially, uh, I grew up close to my mother's parents, uh, my grandparents who lived in Tallahassee, and I spent. Uh, I spent summers with them. I'd go and stay summers uh, with my grandparents. And my grandmother, her name was Alma Glisson, and, but we called her Mama. I never knew anything other than Mama until, uh, until I was older. It, she was just Mama to us. And uh, she was a homemaker. All of her life, she was a homemaker. And uh, she never worked out of the home, to my knowledge. She never worked out of the home. She never drove a car. She never learned how to drive a car. And, uh, but she was known for something really great. She was known for Southern cooking and hospitality. Southern cooking and hospitality. Breakfast, <laughs> breakfast at her house was always, I'm not talking about once a week, twice, I always Grits, eggs, bacon, toast, raisin bran syrup with cream, not milk. Raisin bran syrup with cream, right? And, uh, and not milk. And, and she, had, she would serve orange juice and coffee, the strongest coffee. Starbucks has nothing on, on mama. And her, tea, her, her iced tea was the same way, okay? We didn't know where it came from, but it was strong. <laughs> and But when you woke up at her house, and I, like I said, I stayed summers there. You wake up at her house, you wanted to get out of bed. <laughs> Even if you didn't want to get out of bed, you, you smelled the, the, the aroma, and you just wanted to get out of bed. Now, she had a, a belief that she lived by, and I think it was part of her southern hospitality and uh, her southern way of cooking. But she had a belief she lived by you eat like a king for breakfast, like a prince for dinner, and a pauper for supper. That wasn't supper, it was supper, okay? S-U-P-P-A, okay? That was mama. And uh, if you showed up in the evening around supper time, you didn't expect to get much. You might get a little leftovers from dinner, but you just didn't expect to get much if you showed up late in the evening. But if you came for dinner, if you came for breakfast, obviously, but if you came for around 1 o'clock for dinner, you got to spread. I mean, you might, get, you might get something like fried pork chops and collard greens and hoe cake cornbread and, and biscuits and, 
right? Am I making anybody hungry yet? <laughs> I, w- I would go to often uh, in my uh, business career, I would have to go to Tallahassee on business. And so I remember going to Tallahassee and, and a, a couple different times, but one time in particular, I had uh, three friends, three associates that were working with us. And, and, uh, and I called mom and I said, she wanted me to come for lunch. And I said, well, I have three friends. Can they come with me? She said, sure, bring them. She laid out a spread. I, I forget what it was, but I think it was probably fried chicken. It was probably greens and butter peas. And I mean, she laid out a spread. These three friends might have never eaten like that. And all they could say is, can we go back? <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I remember about, about Mama was her faith. One of the things that she was known for her southern hospitality and cooking but I'm going to tell you, I, I knew her for her faith. She, would, uh, she had a garden, and she would put up vegetables and stuff in, in, in from her garden. But she had a special shelf in her pantry called the preacher's shelf. And that was where she put a tenth of everything she put up. She put it on that shelf for the preacher. That was, that was just her faith. That was the way she believed. She never worked out of the home. That was the way that, that she gave of her tithe. That was, that was something that you, and you, you never, that shelf was always set aside from everything else. But also I remember her story of, of this. I didn't see it myself, but, I, but the story of this is that uh, of one day, and, and I don't know how many times, but this particular one day she was walking out to her garden and her hip had been hurting her. And, and she was heard, she was seen slapping her hip and saying, hit, line up with the word of God. And then she kept walking and went and worked in the garden all day, right? And I'm going to tell you, that's a woman that's known for her faith. But see, this is part of the legacy that was passed down in our family. And I'm sure you have things like that and stories like that in your family. But this was part of the legacy. It was passed down from my grandmother to my mother and into, into our lives and through us into our children and grandchildren. And, and these are, are stories and memories that we don't just remember or hear about. These are stories that become part of us. Legacy becomes part of us. It's spiritual. It becomes part of who we are. And they're passed down to our children and grandchildren and to others. You ever thought about the legacy you're living out today? The legacy. Ever stop and think about the legacy you're actually living today? The legacy maybe you received from your parents or grandparents or maybe the legacy you received from somebody you grew up admiring or that was real close or that gave you great advice at one time. You see, the legacy you receive from them becomes part of you. And the legacy you're leaving, have you ever thought about the legacy you're leaving for the next generation, your children, grandchildren, or others? You see, to Mama, she was an obscure, unknown woman, never made a name for herself in the world. But to her children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren who all knew her, she was a hero. She was a hero of faith. She was a hero of family. She was a hero to all of us, and we'll never forget about her. See, the question I want to ask you today is, what legacy are you leaving? What legacy... Are you leaving? What will you 
be remembered for? What will you be remembered for? The title of my message today is World-Changing Legacy. I believe God has given all of us, I believe it's part of the promise of God, he's given all of us a world-changing legacy. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. So I want you to turn, I told you, turn to the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy, not the first one, the second book. And uh, we're going to start reading in chapter 1, verse 1. Everybody there? Are you that in your Bible or on your app? Okay, so let's start here, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you, speaking of Timothy, in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. Verse 5, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on my hands. Verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Say this last one with me. Let's all together. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Father, we just pray, we prophesy this, this scripture over our lives today. We declare this scripture over our lives today. We thank you, God, for what you're sowing and speaking into our lives and into each of our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? So I want to point out Three world-changing legacies from this passage of Scripture. First of all, a legacy is something that is transmitted from one generation to another. It's something transmitted from the past to the present to the future. Something passed to you that dwells within you. That's part of you that becomes who you are. And then you pass it on to others. And through your life, you pass it on. Through your love, through your care, through your actions, through your words, through your prayers, you pass it on to others. That's what a legacy is. And God, I tell you, has given every one of us, every one of you, a world-changing legacy. A world-changing legacy. The first legacy I want to look at here is the legacy of Timothy. The legacy of Timothy. Paul writes here in verse 5, he says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Notice he says that is in you. This faith is in you. He didn't say, I notice the faith you have. He says this faith that is in you, which dwelt first, where? In grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice. It dwelt in them, and now it dwells, it dwells in you. Why? Because they transmitted it. Lois, grandmother Lois, transmitted it to her daughter Eunice. Daughter Eunice transmitted it to son Timothy. 
And Paul says, and I am persuaded it is in you also. The legacy of Timothy begins with two mothers mentioned here in this passage. Lois, Timothy's grandmother, and Eunice, Timothy's mother. Now, this is the only place in Scripture these two women are mentioned. It's the only place in Scripture. We know very little about them other than they were both mothers. Amen? They were both Jewish. Timothy's father was, was Greek. He was a Gentile. But his mother and his grandmother were both Jewish. They, and we know this. They both had genuine or sincere faith in God. Paul called out they had genuine or sincere faith in God. They both had, we see here, great influence over Timothy. Great influence over Timothy. But one more thing that I think you cannot forget and you have to recognize. These two ladies, these two mothers, both had their names written in the Bible. Both of them. For all eternity, they'll be known for this legacy. For all eternity, they'll be known, written in the Bible. That says a lot about their faith. It says a lot about, about their uh, character and their legacy. Amen? But the greatest testimony of the legacy of this grandmother and mother was the life lived out in their son, the life and ministry of Timothy. Are you hearing me? It's the greatest testimony of their legacy was in the life and ministry of Timothy. But the greatest testimony of this legacy, this grandmother and mother, was that, that everything we read, you read one time their name in Scripture, just once, and technically you'd forget about them otherwise. Their names are eternal because they're written in the Word of God. But read about Timothy. Look at all the places in the, in the New Testament where you read about Timothy. It's said in one of the commentaries I read, Timothy inherited his religious instinct passed down from Lois and Eunice through their influence over Timothy. How many people do you have influence over today? You know, maybe children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Think about the people you have influence over. Those people, God has placed you in a place of influence in people's lives, not just to know them, not just to give them advice at times, but to share your legacy, your God-given legacy with. Paul writes in 2 Timothy, he says, from childhood, listen to this, 2 Timothy 3.15, this is later than what we have, he tells Timothy, from your childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The legacy of his grandmother and his mother is they taught them the holy scriptures. And this legacy that Timothy carries that is in them is the word of God is in them. The word of God is not just something to read on, on in a book or on paper. The word of God is spoken. It becomes part of our life. The Bible says the word of God is living. It's living and more powerful than a two-edged sword, sharper than a two-edged sword. Can somebody say amen? 
It was through this upbringing, this grandmother and this, this mother speaking scripture. I believe prophesying them. We should be prophesying over our children, over the next generation. We should be prophesying over our grandchildren. No, you will serve the Lord. We don't have to tell them that is to, man, to be in demanding. Prophesy when you pray over them. Declare it when you pray over them. Amen? Even those unborn grandchildren. Amen? Prophesy over them. I remember when our children were growing up from the time they were, that before they were even born from, and from the time they were infants, we began praying, my wife and I prayed for the ones that they would grow up and marry and for the children. We were praying through the generations. You can prophesy through the generations. Can somebody say amen? It was through this upbringing of his grandmother and his mother that Timothy learned the scriptures and that Timothy gained godly wisdom, okay, gained this godly wisdom which allowed him to go and teach the good news in his ministry, the good news of Jesus Christ and salvation by faith and all of these things. It was through these godly mothers that he received it. Through this legacy from these women, his character was molded and shaped, and, and he was made suitable because he became one of, Paul's, uh, one of Paul's greatest servants, if you will, and followers and mentees, if you will. He was mentored by Paul, and, and he, he, this, it, it was their training that made him suitable for Paul to use in ministry. Amen? See, we don't know in our relationships and in our influence, we don't know what we're speaking and in, in, into down line in the generations. We don't, we don't really realize sometimes. That's why it's important to declare those things. The Bible says, declare a thing and what? It shall be established. Yes. Amen? Timothy, Timothy's legacy was a world-changing legacy. The second legacy I want you to see here is the legacy of Paul. Now we can talk, we can preach years out of Paul's writings. We could talk about Paul long time, hours, weeks, years, because Paul was such a, 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 an extreme man of God, a, an apostle of Jesus Christ. But Paul says here in verse 3, he says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers. He's talking to Timothy. I remember you in my prayers day and night. The apostle Paul was one of the greatest of all the apostles. He, half the book of Acts was written about his life. Half, more than half of all of the books of the New Testament he wrote. And it's believed that he wrote the book of, of Hebrews. So we know he loves coffee. That's a joke. <laughs> Sorry. But Paul was an amazing man that authored all of these books that, that through Paul and through Paul's ministry, Lois, Eunice, and Timothy came to know Jesus Christ, were converted 
to Christianity. They were, they were of Jewish, Jewish heritage and lineage, and they came to know Jesus Christ as Savior through Paul's ministry. Much of our Christian theology and doctrine results from Paul's writings, teachings, and his discipling. He writes in 2 Timothy 1.3, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. What he's telling us there is what I, what's in me that I share today and give you is not that something that just came into me or something I did. It came from my forefathers. It came from the legacy I have with them. Amen? Paul's saying that it was the legacy of his forefathers who raised him, maybe his mother and father, because we know he was raised in Jewish tradition. So maybe his mother and father, we don't know. Those who taught and discipled him in the Jewish law, like Gamaliel. Gamaliel was, was who mentored him in Jewish tradition. It is said, if you, if you look up on, on Google or Wikipedia, it, it talks about, it, about Paul, the Apostle Paul. It lists like sometimes they'll put school or education. It, puts, it lists Gamaliel as his school or education, okay? Because he was the one that taught him Jewish tradition, the Jewish Law. Ananias, you remember the story of, 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 of uh, Paul on the road to Damascus and how he was knocked down and blinded and, and God spoke to Ananias and said, hey, you're going to go to Paul. He's like, wait a minute, this guy's, this guy's killing us Christians. And he said, don't worry about it. You know, go. So he went to him and Paul received his sight. But Ananias became one that mentored him and shared with him. We know that Paul, one of his greatest mentors, was, uh, was Barnabas. Barnabas was a role model and a mentor to Paul. So we see here that not only his legacy flowed to Timothy, but his legacy came from all of these people that spoke into his life. But I want you to hear this morning and understand Paul's legacy is a legacy of spiritual father, to spiritual son. To our knowledge, he had no children, biological children. But yet in 1 Timothy 1-2, here in this passage, he says, he says, Timothy, a true son. He's a son. He's a spiritual father to a spiritual son, Timothy. 2 Timothy 1-2, he calls him his beloved son. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 4-15, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, Yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. He's talking about legacy. He's saying here that, you know, in the world we have many people that want to tell you what to do, especially today. Everybody has, a, has an opinion. Everybody has something. But it's through spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers. There's people here. There's, some of you have, may not have biological children. You, but ladies, your spiritual mothers, God has placed a legacy in you to be spiritual mothers. There's men who may have, not have biological children. God's placed a legacy in you to be spiritual fathers, to speak in life, not just to a person, but in that person to, to put the scripture, to prophesy over them who they're to become and speak through them to generations. It's the power of legacy. Paul's legacy is a world-changing 
legacy. The third legacy I want to look at is the legacy of Jesus. Now, if we can talk Paul for weeks and months, we can talk Jesus for eternity, right? Amen? But Paul says, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. Paul identifies here the legacy available to every one of us. This is a great legacy from Jesus, and it's called the promise of life. The legacy of Jesus is the promise of life. Say that. My legacy from Jesus is the promise of life. That promise dwells in Jesus. Are you hearing me? And when we come to Jesus and we invite him into our heart, we invite him into our life, that promise of life now dwells in us. It's our legacy. And when you begin to prophesy and speak to your children or spiritual children or other people, when you begin to speak, you're prophesying the promise of life. You're promising, you're prophesying Jesus. Jesus says in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, I, I look at this, I am the way. He, that promise of life gives you direction. It gives you, a, 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 it gives you your dreams. It gives you your direction. It gives you your destination. Jesus says, I am that. There's no reason to look any other way. Just follow me. I'll lead you there. He's, he's the way. He's the truth. Uh, you know, just this last week I was talking to somebody, and they were, they were asking, you know, talking about their seeker of truth. And I, and I said, well, the word of God, Jesus, how many know Jesus cannot be separated from the word? Jesus is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. I said, Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is my integrity. That's why the Bible calls him the rock of our salvation. He is our foundation. Everything in our lives needs to be based on the word of God. Can somebody say amen? He is the way. He's the truth, and he is what? Life. He is the promise of life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He says in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they say, I'm a they. I'm a they. How about you? Are you a they? I'm a they. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And, and I have come, I, Jesus, have come that they, me, may have life and that they, me, may have it more abundantly. How many know he doesn't just promise life? He says that that word, actually, if you read the word in the original text, it's super abundant. It's like, it's like abundance. And I'm not talking about stuff. Stuff may come with it. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All that stuff will come with it. So we don't really seek that. We, don't, we seek him. And he says that when we have him in our life, when we have that promise of life dwelling in us, there's a soup. It's abundance on steroids. Superabundance is, just think of it as abundance on steroids. It's like, it's like a rocket ship of abundance. That's what he's saying there. Jesus said, John 17, 3, he says, and this, hear this, church. When I, the first time, I was even an adult when I really understood this. I was an adult. 
Because you always think, what is eternal life? Most of us think, oh, going to heaven, go to heaven. You know, on a cloud three miles south of, of, of Mars, you know, is, is, is this heaven. I get to go to heaven and, and, and sit on a cloud. And that's what eternal life is to most, uh, for many people, that's what eternal life means. It means going to heaven. And all that stuff, I believe, is part of the picture, okay? But the point is, listen to this. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ you whom sent. What's eternal life? Knowing Jesus. What is eternal life? What's going to heaven? It's knowing Jesus. What is, he, what is the promise of life? It's knowing Jesus. Can somebody say, man, everything is about knowing God, not just knowing about him. That's why I say and that it's the word of God that dwells within us. It's Jesus is the word of God because you can read the word and know about God, but until you receive the living word being Jesus into your life, you don't know God. We know him when we receive it into us. Are you hearing me? And then one of the, in this passage, verse 7, we're given a legacy that every one of us needs to write down and repeat and declare and prophesy in the day that we're living. How many know in this day and age we're living, there's a lot of fear in the world. And Jesus says, or Paul writes here, he says, for, the, for God has not given you a spirit of fear. Just, just mark fear out of your mind right now. Because he says in the living word, he says, wait a minute, that didn't come from me. Where did that come from? It came from the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How does he destroy you? With fear. Jesus says, I didn't come to give you that. He says, and Paul writes here, for God has not given you this spirit of fear, so wipe fear out of your life and understand, declare that he gave us a, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. Can somebody say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, no fear. No fear. No fear. Keep saying it till you believe it. Prophesy it. Now look at your neighbor and say, power. Boy, that word just sounds great. Power. <laughs> right? Love. And a sound mind. Amen. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of days that I have to stop and prophesy that one over me, right? Well, you know, there's a sound mind. He's given us a sound mind. Remember Timothy says that the wisdom... He got what came from his grandmother and his mother. Wisdom is from God's wisdom is sound mind. It comes from the word of God, not about the God, but knowing God. We get a sound mind. Jesus' legacy, listen to this. Jesus is life-changing and world is a world-changing legacy. It's the legacy we have in Jesus. See, when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you receive this legacy. You receive the fullness of it. You don't receive a little bit here and there. He comes to give you the fullness of the promise of life. Hear this, church. Jesus comes. When you invite him, he comes with the promise, the full promise of life. He comes with the spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. He comes with a, the Bible says in, in, in 1 Corinthians, he, Paul defines it as a life-giving 
spirit. I'll tell you, you know what I want to be known for? I want people to know me and say, man, that man, that man was a life-giving spirit. He gave life to people. He encouraged people. He was a life-giving spirit. That's what Jesus is. He comes and he dwells. Your legacy is a life-giving spirit. It's your legacy. It's my legacy all through Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that this morning? I want you to bow your heads with me. Because right now, I believe maybe, maybe you're online this morning or maybe you're here in the house. And, I, I, and what I'm saying to you, man, it's, I know it's because it, to me, I studied this out first. I had to go to the Lord and get this first, and it was all good to me, and it's, it's really good to me. I, I want the legacy of Jesus Christ in my life. I want to be a life-giving spirit. But how do we re- really receive it? How do we receive it and how do we live it? All we have to do is just simply say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, whether you have served him for 50 years or whether today is the first day that you've invited him in your life, it doesn't matter. If you've served him for 50 years, you say, Lord Jesus, I want your legacy in me refreshed. I'm going to put it to you the way Paul puts it to Timothy. Timothy had served God, legacy of, of life from Jesus Christ. But he says, stir up that gift. Church, I'm asking you this morning, not for me, for no one else, but there's a life-giving spirit legacy in you that you stir, that you need to stir up today. Stir it up by by your prayer life. Stir it up by worship. Stir it up by prophesying to yourself, prophesying to your legacy, whether it be spiritual children or biological children, whatever it may be, prophesy to it. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet right now. We're going to take just a moment, and the first thing is I'm just going to invite you just to say, to, to pray to yourself. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and my life. Invade every part of my life with your life-giving spirit, with the legacy of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, keep praying. Lord Jesus, make me to be part of your legacy in this world. I want to be a life-giving spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray over my life, over every person here, stir up that gift. Stir up the gift of the legacy of Jesus right now. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up right now. Come on, church. Come on, church. I want to just take a moment, just pray. Lift your hands and worship as we'll sing in just a minute. But this is not just a time to be still. This is a time to prophesy to yourself. Prophesy to your heart. Prophesy to everything within you and declare life-giving spirit. Come on, church. Come on. Father, I thank you, Lord, today. Holy Spirit, we invite you in the fullness of your power. 
to touch each one of us today in a fresh way. God, I pray that nobody will leave here the same way that they came in. I pray, Father, today, Lord, the power of the life-giving Spirit of Jesus Christ to come and invade our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, ignite it in legacy to others around us. In Jesus' name we pray.